The following audio is from Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, where our mission is to follow Christ and His mission of loving people, places, and things to life. For more information about Christ Presbyterian Church, please visit ChristPres.org. Our scripture reading today is from Mark 1, 14-22 and 29-31. through Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And the fever left her, and she began to serve them. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to Christ. Thank you, Anne, for reading that scripture for us. This morning, um, we're in our second part of this new series for this year called Jesus Studies in Mark's Gospel. And uh, we're starting on, I had a great plan, I had a great idea. And the great idea was that uh, I've created these slides, you should be seeing one right about there, um, that has a piece of art featured. And every sermon uh, in this series, I'm going to be featuring a work of art. I may say something about it during the sermon, I may say nothing about it, but I, but I, I love art and I love having it in front of us. And so, um, so that's what that's about. Uh, but we're, so anyway, we're, we're getting into this. I just wanted to draw attention to that. But as we're getting into this, um, we're still in the very beginning of Mark's gospel. And we just read a lot. Anne read a lot to us, um, a lot of different things that are happening in this passage. But what I really want to zero in on uh, today for Jesus as our herald is this very thing. Mark gives us the very first sentence Jesus says, or at least the very first sentence Jesus says in Mark's gospel is the, what I want to focus on today, and that is this. He says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That's Mark's opening line from Jesus. And so we're going to get into that and we're going to talk about what it means to be called to repent. So that's going to be fun. Um, on May 14th of 2003, at around 11 a.m., I got a phone call. And what had happened is I had been battling a fever uh, for about three weeks. I had gotten sick, and I thought that I had a virus because a coworker had a virus, and I thought I just got whatever he had and was just waiting for it to run its course. And his fever went away, mine didn't. And I, and I, so I went called my doctor, and they gave me a round of antibiotics to take, and so I took my round of antibiotics. Still nothing happened. I could not shake this fever. I turned gray. 
Uh, I had lost about 15 pounds. And I had gone to a doctor. I, I, it was my first time in Nashville needing to go see a doctor, so I didn't have one yet. And so I, when I finally got into one, uh, they took some blood work and they sent the blood off to a, la to a lab. And on May 14th, 2013, my doctor called me. And he called me to give me some news. And the news was this. He was saying, I think you have a bacterial infection in your heart. And I think that that bacterial infection is, is why you're not getting any better. is because it's in your heart. And if I'm right, he said, you are in the early stages of heart failure. So something wasn't right, and he was calling to tell me that if I kept going as I was, that I was in trouble. Let me tell you where we're going today. Today's focus is on Jesus' call to repent and to believe in him. Now, I don't know what feelings the word repent conjures up in you, but here's what I hope to put on display for us. And that is this, that the call to repent is always a call into joy. The call to repent is always a call into joy. Jesus' first words in Mark are a call to repent. And he begins that statement by saying this. He says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. that's a pretty incredible thing to say. Because what's he saying here? Jesus came to the world in a pregnant moment in history. The world had been waiting for him, though few really knew it. But it's an audacious thing for him to say because what he's saying in these opening words is he's saying all of history has been waiting for me. All of history has been waiting for me. He's wrapping his arms around all of humanity and he is saying the kingdom of God has stepped into your world in the form of a man and what you've needed has finally come and what you've needed is me. That's what he's saying. And then he follows that with this twofold call to repent and to believe the gospel. We use the word gospel all the time. What does that word actually mean? It literally means news that brings great joy. When you think of the angels appearing to the shepherds, they come bringing good news of great joy. They come bringing a gospel, right? And the implication is that the message of Jesus Christ is in fact news, it's something new. It's something that is as yet unheard or unknown. And what Jesus is saying is that it should draw from us, because it's a gospel, this news should then draw from us a response of joy, because it is good news. A gospel is news that something has happened, something has been done to change our status with God. And so it's good news. And notice however, that Jesus frames his call to believe with a call to repent attached to it. What a juxtaposition. The news that brings us 
Great joy is news that calls us to recognize that we have reason to admit fault. We have reason to confess sin. We have reason to literally reverse course. That's what the word repent means. Stop going the direction you're going and go the other direction. So the gospel is, in a very real sense, a liberating insult to our pride. That Jesus tells us the good news that he has for us is that we are doing it wrong. And that he's calling us to believe in him. And so what this means is that the call to follow Christ is different than anything you're going to find in any other world religion, including the religion of unbelief, which is very much a faith system. Why is it different? It's different because all other belief systems are comprised essentially of advice. There are rules to follow, and those rules lead you to an eternal goal or an eternal prize or reward. But Christianity, on the other hand, is different. It's news. We don't have a God who shouts orders and then watches for our compliance. What we have is a Savior who redeems and restores. We have a Savior that Charles Wesley described in this way, Jesus, my Savior, my brother, my friend, on whom I cast my every care, on whom for all things I depend, and hear this, inspire and then accept my prayer. We need him for everything. Tim Keller writes this. He says, other religions say, this is what you have to do in order to connect to God forever. This is how you have to live in order to earn your way to God. But the gospel says, this is what has been done in history. This is how Jesus lived and died to earn the way to God for you. Christianity is different. It is joyful news. And so this call to repent is not so that God might then do something in order to make a way for you to know him. The call to repent is because he already has done something to make a way for you to know him. See, the call to repent is always then a call into joy. So when you hear the word repent, when you hear the call to repent, how does it hit you? Do you kind of bow up and say, nobody can talk to me that way. Who do you think you are telling me that I need, that I need to shape up? Does it feel like you're being called into the principal's office or maybe does it feel like shame? Because it's a serious call. There's no disputing that. When you're called to repent, it's a serious call. When you're called to repent by the Son of God, it's a very serious call, right? But it isn't a mean call, and it's not an unkind call. And so let's find a deeper way to think about it. Let's find a way to think about this call to repent. When my doctor called me to tell me that he suspected that I had this bacterial infection in my heart, he issued a call to me. He told me, I want you to go to the emergency room. He was calling in a very real sense to tell me to repent of being sick, to stop going in the way that I was going, and to heed his word to me. And so he was saying to me, I want you to turn from what you're doing, I want you to put your life in my hands, and I want you to come to the emergency room. You may not feel like you need to do this, but I'm telling you, you do. 
And here's the reality. A hundred years ago, if my doctor knew what he knew about me, his message to me would have simply been a death sentence. He would have just been telling me, bad news, your heart is about to give out, and when it does, you're going to die. But instead, what was he saying? He was saying this. He was saying, listen, Russ, there is a place. There is a place where unimaginable things have been done for you. And they've been done for you in advance. Doctors have invested years in study. There's an entire team of people who just study the heart. Programmers, mechanical engineers, chemists, and professions that you've never even heard of have brought their combined skills together to this place. And they're waiting for you. And they have experience, and they have tools, and they have facilities, and they have medicine, and they have machines that monitor every vital sign, and they're in place around the clock, and they've seen a hundred people like you with your same condition, your heart is broken, you can't fix it, but they can. And they are calling you. That's a call to repent. Something has been done for you. A place has been prepared where everything that you need has already been addressed. It's just there. It's there and it's waiting and you're being called into that. If my doctor called simply with advice, it would have been terrible, right? If he would have said, you should look into that. Or, do you drink a lot of orange juice? Maybe you should drink a lot of orange juice. Or you know those rowing machines that are popular, that are on back order? Consider one of those or hot yoga, something. Mere advice would have left me in peril. It would have left me in as much peril as if my doctor had never found out about the heart problem in the first place. I didn't just need advice. I needed to have something done for me. Something that I could not do for myself. And that is the core message of the gospel, the good news. The gospel is the call that says, look, something has been done for you. And it addresses your deepest problem. And it addresses your deepest problem on the deepest level. And all you have to do is receive it through grace. Why? Because God loves you that much. Tim Keller went on to say this. He says, the gospel is not about choosing to follow advice. It's about being called to follow a king. Not just someone with the power and authority to tell you what needs to be done, but someone with the power and authority to do what needs to be done and then to offer it to you as good news. I'm sure that you all rejoice with me that I heeded my doctor's call because it was, after all, very much a matter of life and death. And you might see so plainly with me that heeding the call, though it was sometimes really scary, it was a call into the joy 
of being put right. It was a call into the joy of being restored. And this is what Christ calls us into when he calls us to repent. He calls us into the joy of being restored. We have all kinds of reasons for rejecting his call to repent and believe, don't we? I don't need God. I can make my way on my own to him by what I do. Nobody gets to tell me what to do. Or maybe you're somebody who says, look, God and I have an agreement. Sometimes I follow him. Sometimes I go my own way. What Jesus is telling us is, listen, in this call to repent and believe, there is no other way. There is no other way to find the life we were made to live outside of a relationship with God. And that the only way to have that relationship which is broken, the only way to have that relationship remedied is through faith in Christ. That's it. Christ's call to repent is a call to see the path that we're on and to see the path that we're on as the wrong one and to turn from it. But it's not a spiteful call. It's not a shaming call. It's a loving call. It's a call into something. See, Christ's call for us to forsake all other paths to follow him, in this call to repent lies great joy because he isn't just calling, out, calling us out of the life that we weren't meant to live, but he's calling us into the life that we were meant to live. And he's making a way for us to have that, this life, this relationship with God that we were meant to know from before the foundation of the world. And so on this basis, it's a call into joy. There is a life you were made for. There is. You were made to be in perfect relationship with the maker and the lover of your soul. And something has been done in time and in space to ensure that you can enter into that life. You were meant to live in right relationship with your maker. And so the call to repent is the call to examine your heart before God and enter into the joy of being restored. And so I invite you, here at the beginning of a new year, Examine your heart before God and heed the words of Jesus, the call of Jesus, the command of Christ to repent and believe and enter into then the joy that you were made to know and enjoy forever. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the fact that the gospel is not mere advice, that the gospel is not a list of platitudes for us to try to figure out how to embrace and follow, but it is news, news of something that has happened. In fact, something that has happened that Jesus himself says all of history has been waiting for. The time is fulfilled in his coming. The thing that we've longed for, that we've needed most and not even known has come. And so Lord, we thank you for that gift We thank you for the gift of the ministry, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus who restores us to you. Lord, would you help us, would you break our pride even as we talked in our call to worship, as we said in our call to worship, the presumptuous sin in us, the pride in us that would resist 
the call to repent because we would feel too proud to acknowledge that we need to. Lord, would you help us to see our need for this? And thank you that you have done something in time and space, that a place has been prepared for us. The things that we need have been provided already. And our call is to enter into that. And we thank you in your powerful and matchless name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.